0: Love Talk Radio. We go. This, this is all, is about, all wine. about wine, <laughs> dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert
1: Ron. 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 Basically, what we're doing on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around, and the, around world. the world. So We've have, had have some some big mm-hmm. people on the program. I I just, I love that. Post your
0: questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash All about wine. Yeah, that's www.facebook.com forward slash All about wine. All about wine. And now. Uh, all about All Wine R. Here's Wine All
1: right. And we're on. And we're on Welcome to All About Wine R. Oh yeah, I was gonna—I was just gonna say our number episode, but I don't have any idea how many numbered episodes we've done. I, have you ever counted them up?
2: No, but there's a—I uh, think if I go to uh, episodes on here, I think it counts them and says 720. No, no, wait—that's hours. <laughs> uh, Six hundred and twenty-nine published episodes on there right now.
1: Oh. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: So, this is probably 630.
1: There you go. So, welcome yeah, yeah. to the number 630. Took us 13 yeah. years to get 629. Boy, it's going to be a long time for a thousand mark. Won't it? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> We're
1: over halfway there. So. Here we are. We are. We missed that 500 mark celebration. I did. Mean, you know. uh, yeah. I don't
2: know what that was. Uh,
1: I, I don't know when that well, was either. Mm-hmm.
2: So we have, uh, we are live. Thank you all for tuning in. And I don't have anything. Yeah,
1: mm, yeah. We all got uh, mm-hmm. episode 630. Of mm-hmm. Last week's show was a little bit off topic. Uh, but still, it was an enjoyable show. Yeah, you know, had had fun. We got some laughs out of it, and uh, so. uh, (laughs) But uh, Cap does have a book out, and uh, he is he is a very good writer. So you can catch his His. website. uh, You can join him on Facebook too. He's he's on Facebook, and you can sign up join him on Facebook and contact him to get his his books. He's got two of them now. Uh, Not thick read books there are much smaller novelettes are I don't know we discussed the perimeters of a writer or a novelist or all that but I don't think we ever came to a conclusion so Um, but he said he's got a couple of short short books out that are enjoyable ten dollars each so get a hold of him and uh, get your uh, get your books and uh, he's uh, going to be doing another one. I talked to him. He says he's got a, a head full of ideas that he's going to be getting out in a series of books. <coughs> Excuse me. And he said that, like Mike pointed out, if he did all his episodes on his website, why would he... Wanted condensant and sell it as a book. And he and I were talking, along with, uh, well, actually, with Mike and uh, Cigar Craig uh, last night. And Cap says he has decided that what he's going to do is re-edit the books, uh, the episodes that he's got out, and he's going to have an alternative ending in his book, oh. as opposed to so nice. that's how it. He- yeah, yeah, yeah. Good idea. So, so uh, that's that's what he's going to do. Uh, we I, I, we have a guest next week, I think, and I and I say I think because I have Emmeline that is scheduled for next week. Let me go over here to her information that I was reading on her. Uh, Here it is. Emmeline. Emmeline is supposed to be on uh, next week. And she is... Let's see. Oh, Oh, there's Emmeline. Uh, Emmeline is... The new American Chinese uh, is the uh, managing partner and sommelier of Silver Apricot, which is the new Chinese-American restaurant in the West Village in New York. So uh, she is uh, uh, quite knowledgeable, and she runs the thing there. She's going to be a guest. (laughs) I want to say, I think next week, I... We confirmed but that was a couple three weeks ago and and uh, I haven't heard from them since so I'll drop them a line and confirm but uh stay tuned. We hopefully will have uh Emeline. What what is Emline's last name? I had it up in front of me just a minute ago and I didn't say it really. Yeah. Mline Z H A O I believe it's pronounced. So uh she is uh uh, Chinese-American, but she grew up in North Carolina and Shanghai, and her parents are from Tokyo, and she spent some time in Tokyo and in Sweden, so she's a chance to work at different restaurants and all that. Sounds like an interesting interview, so tune in next week. We will have Emmeline on with us, and, uh, and what have we got in May? I think uh no, nothing, no, no confirmation in May. I guess a couple of people are talked to, but no confirmation so before the show, Mike and I were looking at the different holidays wine holidays coming up this month and next month, and what was going on with them. Well, we discovered the problems that I discovered. Numerous times, whenever I start looking at wine holidays, and that nobody agrees on anything. Nobody. In fact, I had this this one website I found here, and it said wine holidays for twenty twenty three. The complete list of international wine days. All right. So I looked at this list, and it's missing ones is just that some that other lists have and, and stuff like that you're going well why if this is the complete list why is it not complete you know you have to look through like four different lists and write down everything for every list to get the complete holidays and then some of them are on different days it's just it's insane why can't somebody come out with one good list of wine holidays. But this one shows well, today's the twentieth and so a couple of days we've got Earth Day now. Don't forget Earth Day on Saturday. Uh that started in I wanna say nineteen sixty seven or sixty eight. It started right right around that time. And uh they set aside the Earth Day to celebrate Earth and it's it's grown quite large now, the celebration and the whole thing. So Be sure you do your thing for Earth Day and don't leave garbage and trash wherever you go. I mean, oh, my gosh, that would be anti-Earth Day if anything is. So that's Saturday, the 22nd. Walgreens is selling their red noses for Red Nose Day. I don't know when that is. I was in Walgreens today, and I saw the red noses, and I asked the clerk, when's Red Nose Day? He goes,
0: hmm, hmm, I don't
1: know. So, I, you know, I, I and mean, I thought he walked away, and I thought he was going to go ask somebody else, but he never came back. I was done with the transaction, so I, oh well. So I don't know. Uh, Red Nose Day is coming up here through Walgreens. It's a pretty big thing. They have TV shows, and it's helped to raise money for, uh, I think, kids' cancer. I'm not sure right offhand. Always buy a red nose every year. I haven't bought mine this year yet though. Uh and then April seventeenth that's already passed. And see and May fifth they say here is International Sauvignon Blanc Day, the first Friday in May. On this list here. Okay, so those are the only ones we got in the beginning of April and May. So then we go back here and we go to this National Wine Day in 23-24 holiday calendar. And uh, fun facts about wine, National Wine Day customs and traditions. And what do they got here? They don't have a list. They just... History of National Wine Day. I guess it's just one day. National Wine Day is May 25th. It says National Wine Day, not to be confused with the holiday National Drink Wine Day. It is a holiday which is celebrated annually in the United States on May 25th. purpose is very simple. It's a day to buy wine, appreciate wine, and enjoy the history of wine. So, yeah, May 25th is National Wine Day. Uh, which is a Thursday, which will we'll have a show on that day. So we'll talk, try to talk about that more. And, well, oh, here you go. He has a list of fun facts for wine. i read you these. The smell of an older wine is called a bouquet. The smell of a younger wine is called the aroma. I disagree. Wine only has one-tenth of the antioxidants of soy sauce. Yeah, I'm going to have myself a glass of soy sauce so I can get my antioxidants as opposed to wine. Why don't I drink 10 glasses of wine, and then I'll have the same amount as soy sauce? The uh, the states of California, Florida, and New York lead the U.S. in wine consumption. Wine has been produced in northwestern France since Roman times. The Romans mixed lead with wine to help preserve it and give it a sweeter taste. And they did. I've read that before, too. Uh, ice wine, known as ice made by frozen grapes, was invented by the Germans. Not all wine improves with age. Yeah, we knew that, too. More wine grapes are planted than any other crop in the world. Hmm, that might be, that statement might be suspect. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think soybeans is number one. But, I don't know. Grapes for dark red wines grow in warmer climates, while white wine grapes grow in cooler climates. Global warming may change where wine can be grown in the future. Oh, there you go. Some fun wine facts that... Uh, this site throughout there uh, 2022 guide. I don't want to. And this one, International Wine and Grape Days Calendar 2023. Now, this might show grapes, whereas some of them don't. Yeah, I know it uses cookies, everything uses cookies. Uh, okay. A little bit more on than the others. April 27th, World uh, Massillon Day. 28th of April, International Voynary Day. Celebrated on the last Friday of April. And then May 5th, International Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc Day. And May 6th, International Baga, Baga, B-A-G-A, Baga Day. And that's celebrated every first Saturday in May. Uh, Portuguese. It's a Portuguese variety. And World Moscato Day is coming up on May the 9th. So, well, maybe this site does this more than some others, but it doesn't. I found this site last year that said what the uh, What was that? Oh, there's kids outside the window running around playing. So, and, and somebody was in pain out there. Um, so, but I'll, uh, I'll see if I can't comprise a list of all the wine holidays coming up and we'll keep ourselves abreast of what's happening in 2023. And I should have done this earlier, but well, I didn't. So, we will make a list of that we'll know what we're celebrating every week. Okay. Uh we'll, let's see. Volabitello. I'm gonna talk about Volabatello tonight. Uh, uh, wine folly. Came out with an article about Valpolicella, and I thought, well, you know, that might be a good one to follow up on and talk a little bit more about Valpolicella and where it's from and what it's what it's all about. Because Valpolicella well, region makes a sweet red wine, and the reason I was searching for a sweet red wine is uh, we may have a new listener out there. Played golf last Sunday and. We were joined by, and the, uh, oh, geez, I got a blank on his name. Uh, 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 Well, I'll think of it in a little bit. Uh, But he was playing and his wife was not. She was riding along, and his wife is a wine drinker, a big wine drinker. She's into it and all that. I gave her a card and told her to join us on the show, so she she might even be joining us tonight. I don't know, but she uh, uh oh I almost had his name there and it disappeared from my head uh, the Maggie was her name and Maggie uh said that uh she liked uh well she asked for a recommendation for a sweet red, and I said, well you know you want sparkling you know the brusco but i i like ones with the red wines if you look for reds try got so a little bit of peppiness to it but not really sweet uh barbarous a little bit lighter i did recommend to her Gewürztraminer, which is a white wine she never heard of that never tasted it. And i hope she did pick it up and try that uh, but uh uh all the volpicello uh i didn't think about that when I talked to you. So Maggie, if you listen to the show, then Vella Piccolo, it's a, an Italian wine, and it is a blend. And let's go to, let me find my information here for uh Piccolo. And, oh, I just, my engineer just brought me in a a glass of our evening wine. This is Imagery. Cabernet Sauvignon. Really cool cool label on it. It would be a pain to put those on there. Well, they have a machine that does it. It's California. It's a 2019 vintage. What does that say underneath here? Let me see. Uh... It's embossed the gun embossed thing here that's hard to read uh something your palate and that's what it says something and then your palate. Uh, oh well, let me look under this uh, I got. Broadens. Oh, broadens your palate. Huh. Or broaden your palate, I guess. Is there an S on it? No. Broaden your palate. That's all it all it says on it. And it's signed across it, I guess, by the winemaker. I don't know. <laughs> That's an interesting little thing on it. But imagery. Uh it looks like a, a what's well, it? Interesting little label. I don't know, it's hard to describe that. It says, at Imagery, wine is art. For 20 years, we've been pairing unconventional wines with original artwork at our Sonoma estate. That artistic spirit is brought forward in a new generation of wines that feature a twist on the tradition our Cabernet Sauvignon exhibits notes of dark berry and mocha, blended with Petit Syrah to add spice and complexity. Savor a glass and broaden your palate. Now, there it is again, broaden your palate. Uh, 13.5% alcohol, uh, bottled and everything. What's that? Certified sustainable. All right, here we go. We got a, a a little sticker on the back or a little thing on the, right on the back. And it says you know, certified California sustainable. Cool. Uh screw cap which is I need to I need to oil my springs on my light magnifying light here. Uh thirteen half percent alcohol by volume. So it looks like a screw it is a screw cap. Uh she didn't bring it in to me. She just brought me the wine bottle and glass. But let's see what we got here. Oh, it's it's fairly dark. It's sort of a a cloudy color. That's that's pretty cool. Typical Cabernet aroma to it. I, I like that. That's always, always nice. Hmm. That's good. I'm picking up a little bit of. Well, I hate to repeat what he just said, but definitely some mocha in the aroma. dark berries nothing's explicit with dark berries hmm and the taste here let's see what we got well that's good that's got a lot of fruitiness in it i wouldn't I wouldn't want to age this too long. If I did, I'm afraid of it would... I'm not getting a lot of tannins in it. I don't know what it would do to it if I aged it. Ate it. Uh, well, it's a 2019, I guess. They released it in 2020, 2021, so it is already a couple of years old at least. But it's got a lot of fruit in it, a lot of nice fruity flavors. Uh, I mentioned the dark berries is really coming out in it. I'm um, getting some... Uh, Blackberry, a little bit of blueberry in there, Uh, and nice aftertaste. Uh, I guess you can call uh, the berries bring out some sort of a, well, I hate to say sweet, but uh, for lack of a better word, sweet, maybe a little bit of, of the berry fruitiness in it. This is really good we We've had this before, and we like it. We have picked it up, and it was on sale actually recently and I went down to try to find it and I couldn't find it. It was so well, so I don't know if we've got others. I hope this isn't the last one. this is very good, and then the for sale ones might even be a different vintage too, which obviously can make a difference, but this is really quite quite good. Not real acidic. I've been tasting wines lately, and I've been getting a lot of acid. This one's got a nice balance of the acid and the, and the flavors and stuff. This is really, really quite good. Um, recommended. Imagery. I-M-A-G-E-R-Y. This is their Cabernet Sauvignon. I don't know what else they put out. I. I Mike, if you get a chance, check out their website and, Maybe let us know what else they they have available. Mm-hmm. Seagulls outside there. I don't know why we're getting seagulls. Out there. Um, imagery Estate wine? Imagery. I-M-A-G-E-R-Y. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Imagery it's- Estate. Bottled by Imagery mm-hmm. Estate Winery. It says here at the yeah. very bottom. That's the only place it says yep. Estate. Yeah.
2: Uh, if memory serves me correctly. They are located in Glen Ellen, California, off of Highway 12. Oh, yeah, okay. I just, memory, I'm not sure if that's how accurate that is, but, uh, um, they have, uh, <laughs> they have quite a few. Man, some of these are expensive. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at $49, $39. Oh, there's a 29 Um most of these seem to be around forty nine dollars and they go up to sixty sixty dollars looks like the maximum. But um wow. yeah, a couple of twenty nine dollars. But yeah, they have quite a few uh offerings for sure. Um yeah, there's uh ninety one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just reds, whites, they have a wine club, um their story, their winemaker information. Pretty good, wow. uh, pretty good. Um for more details, go to imagerywinery dot com. There you go. imagerywinery.com. dot com.
1: Yeah, and it's it's, well, it's I funny. I guarantee you we did not spend twenty nine or thirty dollars for this bottle of wine. I I don't know. Mm. That's odd that they would have that so expensive. Uh, we usually try to keep it you know, well, well, no, I usually try to keep around twenty-five, a little less than twenty-five. You know, if it's no. twenty-nine, that's a little bit too much. So I don't know. That's odd that mm. they're showing those prices, but you can check your local uh, yeah. wine shops and stuff. But it's just nice. It's it's not yeah. it's white, but it's it's got a lot of fruitiness to it. I really enjoy this.
2: Yeah, that one, uh, they have the 2020 version, uh, the cab there, and it says uh, $20 or club price is 16
0: So they oh, do have some
2: go. $20, $25 ran- ranges. Um, i just seen a lot of 49 ones. i like, whoa, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And it says it oh. uh, has uh, scored 92 points, or is it, it just has 92 oh. points on it? So you know, that's, yeah.
1: that's good. That's a good score. And, you know, yeah. and I would give it something around there, too, because of the, the fruitiness and flavor. It's not one of the 80s, but it's really a nice, I keep saying fruity, but this is, this is really a nice fruity Cabernet. So <laughs> very good imagery vineyard, you say, or imagery winery,
2: imagery winery dot com. OK, there
1: you go. check it out. It's. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because we're having it tonight. That's why I'm talking about screw cap on it, too. That, you know, so, you know, getting up into a little bit higher price range there, and they're still doing screw caps. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me find uh, the... Oh, where is she? Wine Folly, there we go. Okay, Wine Folly. Uh, it says, sweet, she says, sweet red wines are ideal for beginner wine drinkers who crave a transition from the soft drinks into wine. But the perception is that sweet reds are cheap or a basic wine. They're not. And I have to agree with her 100% on this here. They are not cheap and, and or uh, a basic wine. Uh, there's few sweet reds, she says, out there that will change your mind. A short list of sweet red wines that deserve any drinker's radar. And she lists a, uh, well full body like in ports and stuff she has listed here. And um and then she has light fizzy, uh, example uh, of the And then she has medium body, which is basically the style we're gonna talk about tonight, the Ricotto del of uh, val Valpochella. Valpochella. And that's a medium bodied uh the sweet sparkling wines, lambrusca is, is probably the the ones that people are really familiar with. It's darker, it's gets you a little bit <coughs> excuse me, uh violet hued wines and stuff like that. And you're gonna get uh raspberries and and uh blackberry, blueberry, black currant, all that, on most of lambrusca. And they're gonna be bubbly. So um here's a uh well, she has listed here my wines have a system of labeling the sweetness level of wine to make it easy to find the level of sweetness you want. So, here you go. This is uh if you like sweet wines and uh Drew. There you go. Maggie Maggie and Drew we played with uh Sunday. Why I knew I'd remember the name. Um <laughs> True. Uh, I he works at the uh, hospital, uh, local hospital, to the golf course, and he said at the beginning of the game that he works in the operating room. And toward the end of the game, I asked him. I said, "So, you know, are you actually in the operating room?" And then he goes, "Oh, yeah." I said, "What do you do?" And he says, uh, "I'm I'm the heart surgeon." there i go <laughs> really he goes yeah he says and i guarantee you i do better on heart surgery than i do on golf so <laughs> so i uh he uh but he's uh he's a heart surgeon at the at the local hospital down there the uh so here you go maggie here's a list of the sweetness something to keep in mind SECO, s-e-c-c-o is 15 grams per liter of residual sugar. And, you know, people don't know what that means, 15 grams per liter of residual sugar. Dig out a spoon and a a grams spoon. And pour 15 grams into it of sugar. And that will show you, but this is per liter. Okay, 15 grams per liter of residual sugar. That will give you an idea of how this is, how much sugar is sorted out in this. And you can always pour it into a glass of or into a liter of water and stir it up and take a sip of it. This is a good way to see how much sweetness is in these wines, and you can get an idea. And it also helps you establish in your mind how sweet wines are whenever you hear the amount of residual sugar because it's almost always listed as so many grams per liter, and that's just the the standard. And you've got to realize, too, now, don't do your sugar experiment in a wine bottle because a wine bottle is only three-quarters of a liter, 750 milliliter. So you're going to have to do a full liter to get an idea of how much sugar is in these. So there's an experiment for you that really does work well. That uh, Somebody showed that to me many, many years ago. And... If you do it to, there's there's five of them listed here. If you do it to all five of these, it gives you an idea. So when you look on a label, or if you look at, say, an ice wine or something like that, and find out how many grams per liter that has, then you'll know how sweet it is. And you may want to avoid it, or you may embrace it, or whatever. It just depends on how how much sweetness you want. So, 15 grams per liter of residual sugar called secco, S-E-C-C-O. She describes it as a lean, dry solid lambrusca that often lends a touch of bitterness on the finish from the tannins. So even with something as low as 15 grams per liter, you're still going to get almost a dryness. Emisecco, E-M-I-S-E-C-C-O, per liter. This is an off-dry style of lambrusco that usually reads dry when you taste it. So even with 30 grams, it's dry. Uh, Again, if you do the experiment, it really shows it up. Amabelle, or Amabille, A-M-A-B-I-L-E. That is 40 to 50 grams per liter. And it's just a sweet style of lambrusco that comes out with the uh, fruit flavors a lot. And then the last one, Dulce, Dolce, D-O-L-C-E, uh, 50 plus are up 50 and over grams per liter of residual sugar. This is your sweet Lambrusco. This is, you're going to get richer styles, but you're going to get sweet in that. But I highly recommend if you're just starting and you're not sure how sweet you want a wine or even what it means by grams per liter, do the experiment, which I just explained to you, and it will give you an idea that you can keep in your head for sweetness in a wine. Okay. There's other sparkling wines from Italy. Uh, Different regions of Italy produce different sweet wines. Uh, And... Uh, You know, you can check around. If you're buying it at a liquor store, ask your um, clerk there. If you go to one store all the time, they'll be happy to help uh, for other sweet Italian wines. Again, if you know your sweetness level, then you can always fall back on that for what you're doing. Some medium-bodied sweet reds. The Dornfelder is a German red grape variety that's really hard to find here in the States if you try to look for it, but it's extremely popular in Germany. Uh, it's from the Rheinhausen region and also the Pfalz region of Germany. Uh, these are well; they range from dry to sweet, so it just depends on which one you, you pick up uh look and ask look. And then the uh, uh what, was that? what was that? Oh, I'm starting to echo on myself for some reason here.
2: Mm, sounds good here.
1: Does it? Okay. There disappeared again. Okay. Yeah, for some reason it started to echo on on me I hear myself echoing. Not now though, so good. Okay. Uh, Rosado della Valpolicella, uh, same region as produces the Amarone, and it also produces some fine sweet uh, pasito wines, um, rich aromas, rich flavors, uh, you get black cherry, cranberry, vanilla, cinnamon, uh, flavors of, uh, of chocolate, you know, smooth chocolate, and these are known to age, some of the Recitio della Volcatella is known to age for 20 or 30 years, so uh, you're going to be paying for those too, so keep that in mind. Then you want other sweet wines (coughs) excuse me, you want other sweet wines start getting into ports, and it, again, Portugal. You're going to find some ports uh, in the Douro region, which is the most popular that like northern Portugal. And these ports are going to be sweet. Ports are noted to be sweet, but they are also fortified and they're going to be higher alcohol if you get a port. Uh, you can also find port stalls of wine from not just Portugal, but all, all over. I mean, California makes them, New York, uh, you everywhere. You can find a port from just about anybody now. Uh, till they go call it a port and you call it a port style. Um, but those are sweet. And those tend to be a little bit, a, a port tends to be not only sweet, but heavier. Uh, fuller mouthfeel, when I say heavier, it's going to you're really going to taste the, the the fullness in the mouth. It is sweet, though, and that's part of what you're tasting is that, that overpowering sweetness in the mouth. I made a strawberry port at the winery that was very, very good, and it was sweet. It wasn't real heavy, though. I mean, the, the strawberries, I think, toned it down a little bit uh, when I fortified it, so it wasn't overpowering. And... You, so there's some uh, sweeter wines. Uh, Maggie, if you're listening, there's a list of sweeter wines for you. And uh, let's see. Let's look at something else here on the, uh, the main grapes of uh, Valpolicella. And Corvina. Corvina is... Uh, It makes a light-bodied, low-tannin red wine, and they also make full-bodied, high-alcohol, tannic reds, and also sweet wines. Okay, Corvina Veronese, and the primary flavors you're going to find in these is a a tart cherry, cinnamon, little chocolateyness. Uh, port wines, you're going to pick up chocolate a lot. That's that's one of the fun things with port wines is you really can't pick up chocolate in, in port wines. Uh, also in these, you're talking white pepper and green almond. Um, dry wines, uh, you'll, you'll find quite a few of those. Medium-bodied, low tannin. High acidity and reasonably high alcohol, 135 to 15% alcohol. Corvina food pairings. Uh, Get a bottle of Corvina velopicella and some strawberries, great combination. Uh, Pasta dishes, always good. Pork chops, uh, roasted vegetable quiche, uh, some good... Pairings with the Corvina, Amarone uh, is uh, made with Corvina and Corvina No. Corvina Nine uh, grapes, uh, and it's grown in Italy, Argentina, Chile, Canada. Only they say only about one acre in Canada. And let's see what else we've got here. Okay, that's a little color chart, which is hard to do. On a radio, isn't it? Uh, Valpicella, let's talk about the Valpicella blend wine. I looked up the grape varieties, and Valpicella blend wine is based on three indigenous red wine grape varieties grown in the Veneto region in northeast Italy, in the Corvina, Corvina Non, and Rondinella. Uh, Rondinella, Rondinella, are the primary regions involved, involved. The door clicked. Engineer's coming in, taking my wine. Wait, let me pour more. This is very good. Yeah, yeah this is very good. Screw cap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is very good. She comes and gets it so she can pour herself some. Uh, the grape berries are semi-dried to make Amarone, and uh, that's probably the most famous one out of the, uh, the blends. The exact portion used are ultimately down to the winery when they do the Vella blends. blends. Uh, Corvina, which I just told you plays a starring role, of 45 to 95 percent in the various levels of Alpacella red wine and known more for its acidity and sour cherry flavors than its depth. The Corvinone grape, long thought to be a clone of Corvina but now regarded as a distinct, distantly related grape, is allowed to provide up to 50 percent of the wine. And then rondinella, used primarily to add color and body to the blend, offers some herbal notes and further accentuates the gentle spiciness of Corvina. And it can be up to 30%. So if you do those two, you're looking at 80% right there. Uh, They do say additional tannins and fresh acid are provided by uh, Molinera, though it is the least regarded of the three main grapes and is used only as an additive and it's on the decline. And he says the Velopicella blend is most commonly used to produce dry table wine, but may also be used to make sweet, semi sweet and even sparkling wines. The most famous variation of dry velvetello is amarone. And it's a semi Drying grapes is used to graft rich and often sweet wines of great concentration. Um, Wines labeled as Rapassa, R-I-P-A-S-S-A, use the pressed skins of Amarone grapes in conjunction with traditional winemaking methods to add color, tannins, and complexity to the blends. So there you go, viola cello It's a, it's great if you have never had viola piccolo. By all means, pick one up. uh The role of availability by region here shows Italy 100%, USA 0.01%, and Australia 0.01%. Now that's over 100%. So they really should have said Italy. and then they would have been correct but there you go I had to get another drink of this very wonderful wine tonight Uh, Valapicello and Amarone all that region all that The Amarone you can look at them from prices from $416 here's one at $416 dollars Here's uh, Giuseppe Quintinelli Amarone della Valpolicella Classico Reserva D.O.C.G. Veneta, Italy. Listed It's 95 out of 100, and the score is listed for 757 dollars. Then, of course, you can get them cheaper. Here's one for 17 dollars for a uh, Valpolicella. So you're not paying 700 some odd for it you can find them cheap so uh... go get there but there's your sweet wines if you're looking for sweet wines that's uh... the uh... region is going to start giving you the sweet wines and stuff like that Uh, here's here's one for eleven dollars uh... nineteen 22, yeah, so you can get them cheap. Okay, let me click, 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 click out of this. And let me go to, oh, that's my wine holidays. And where it grows, that's, we've already got that. And here we are. Okay. And this is the Val last thing. That's... Uh, if you are not striving to wine folly, do so. I say that quite often, but they're very very interesting and very good writing and very knowledgeable. And they've got a lot of other stuff on there, too, you can get. It's not just... Uh, not just articles, but they sell a lot of merchandise and stuff. Uh, coming through here, Tassel Ridge Winery, Iowa. They are uh Oh, looks like they're having their is this a recipe? Enchiladas. And they suggest that Pairing it with a tassel ridge. Um Oski Vis red. A semi-sweet wine. Hmm. That's a lot. That sounds good. Uh wine of the week, Ozzy Fante red. Uh wine and wood wood wood. Wood fired oven pizza night by reservation only. That's the tomorrow night. Uh, so, if there 6 to $12, depending on what you get. Uh, looks like they're open back up full scale. Seated wine casing is by reservation only for space or space available. So, and it looks like the tassel ridge is, is back up. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, they're in the middle of pruning, it looks like. Uh... There it says cellar activities, bottling is on hold until they get caught up with pruning. So you know, got the grape vines are will give you your your wine. So you got to take care of priorities there. And let's see, I had something on this one that I saw, and I'm not going to thumb through that whole thing until I run across it again. Um, beverage dynamics let's see there's a sherry pairing suggestions this is from beverage dynamics and I suggest that uh, sherry be pair with, I don't know, they got extra pages and all that and I'm not going to read through all that stuff and just uh, uh, pairing wine with a Brazilian steak dinner that sounds good so alright, let me go over to these things here that I was looking at uh okay Uh Back in 2005, uh, Mark Anderson embezzled thousands of bottles of wine from his clients, and then he set fire to the warehouse and destroyed 4.5 million bottles of wine worth $250 million. And he put in a claim for it, and he just died at uh, UC Medical Center. He uh, was given a compassionate release from federal prison because of his health, and and he died. He was 74 years old, and he, uh, like I say, embezzled and cheated and arson and all that, and he got caught. Just, he just died. I remember that story. That was it was like one of those shake your head, and throw up your arm type stories. Uh, let's see low alcohol wines I see a lot of stuff about low alcohol wines Uh, we're supposed to have a guest when is he going to come on I guess he's May Uh, he canceled a couple times in in March in the March there and we were going to hook him up for April and he couldn't do the two middle weeks in April, and so we moved him forward to March, and he hasn't let me know when in March yet. Let me see what, what his name is. I I knew he was here, and we had him scheduled. Let me see what we got. Okay. No, that's Jessica. Oh, I never put him in the books because he never confirmed. That's why. Hmm. But he's going to talk to us about low alcohol, and no alcohol wines, and how it is shooting the roof off of everything now with the sales of that. So that should be an interesting. All uh, right. Excuse me, Should be an interesting interview with him. Simply because I am curious of what's going on with this low alcohol and no alcohol. It seems to be uh, going crazy out there. I don't know why, but uh, it, it just, it's, well, this article, LinkedIn, okay. Okay. Uh, it says how can future proof the bulk wine industry that's what this article is saying um, shifting the needs and all that, and they oh, and they have a little video of people talking to you about it. I don't want people to talk to me about it, yeah, but uh low alcohol no alcohol wines are really really, and I don't know why you know? Uh, so all right, let me back here and look at something else here. Uh, This happened a month ago, but I haven't had a chance to tell you about it. A big rig flipped over on Highway 101 in Hellsburg, California. And this big rig spilled 10,000 empty wine bottles on Highway 101, which is not as tragic as if they were full, but it's tragic in the fact that wine bottles are hard to get and they're very expensive. And when he flipped over, he destroyed so many of them, and not a lot of them are mixed up and you know, all of them's going to have to be washed before you can use them again and all that. So, uh, that happened at 12.42 p.m. Uh, so right midday on Highway 101 just, uh, just outside of Hillsburg. No one was hurt and it took them some time to clean up the mess. So, uh, Wine bottles. Wine bottles are so expensive. That's probably why alternatives are being looked at so much, because wine bottles are really, really crazy expensive. And I don't know. You you want to say, oh, it's because of this, it's because of that, but uh, who knows? If you have fine wine, it seems to be safe since the SVB bank failed, the SVB bank out in Berkeley, or uh, Santa Rosa, uh, that failed uh, a couple, three weeks back, a month back, they said that the uh, investors have come in and helped, helped the wineries that were with them and all that. So it's not as tragic as it could be, but It's still worrisome that a bank that large with all those loans can fail. So it's something we need to be aware of because the repercussions could affect all of us. You say, oh, it's just a winery and the bank out there in California. Well, the repercussions could have an effect on everybody. So uh, keep that in mind. And let's see something else here, this one. Nope, that one I just read you. That was... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, this is a while back. I don't know why I got to see, but I just saw this. But this is from Friday, March 17th. And... This article, I um, won't go through it. I'll just I'll tell you about this quickly here. But it says, SVB Financial Files for Chapter 11 Bankruptcy Protection Says it has $2.2 billion in liquidity. You okay, know, this is the one that failed. It failed about, what was it, a couple weeks after it filed for this bankruptcy protection. So, you know, a warning signs there it seems like Uh chapter 11 process would allow them to preserve value as it evaluates alternatives well I guess it didn't work did it uh, they went out of business and they really really did owe a lot of money uh, 2.2 billion dollars uh, um as part of the process, SVB Financial is also disclosing some of the financial state of the holding company, which had a market cap of about $12 billion before shares plunged last Friday as depositors made a run on the bank. Trading was halted at the point that the market cap was slashed to about half of that $12 billion. So people knew about it, and people went to get the money out, you know, uh, shades of the Great Depression where people ran to the bank and tried to get their money out and they didn't have enough cash on hand and everybody panicked. So, uh, interesting that they fall for bankruptcy shortly before they failed there. (laughs) All right, well, that's it for tonight. Uh, We have a guest next week, I hope and Emeline. and so I'll try to confirm that check our uh, site well, our uh, Facebook page I'll throw a thing up there that if we have the guest or Mike can do that and since I get it confirmed and uh, it will always be on our program introduction page too so you can always right. see it there
2: well, it is, uh, let's see how far behind this video feed is. Uh, if you're watching the video live, it's 7.56, and if you're with us live, it's uh, one minute past eight o'clock.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, it just gets further and further away. Uh, that'll do it for the show tonight, and um, hope, we'll see if we have a guest uh Next week, we'll let you know for sure on social media, as Ron said. Uh, join us uh, April 27th for All About Wine Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, thank Don't you forget again. Don't
1: this Saturday. This,
2: um, yeah, it's Saturday or Sunday. I forgot which. Saturday,
1: time. 22nd, yeah.
2: Saturday, 22nd, yeah. right. Um, so have a good weekend, and uh, be responsible, and we'll talk to you next uh, Thursday.
0: Thanks a lot.
1: Be safe. there. Thanks for listening.
0: This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine wine. with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwine.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash all about wine. All about wine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All about wine.
2: All right. Oh, there we go. And to the green room.
1: The green. Come on. Come on.